Justin Haskins is the director of the Socialism Research Center at Heartland Institute. It's a national free market think tank. He's also a widely published writer and political commentator. He also serves as the editor-in-chief of StoppingSocialism.com, one of the world's largest and most influential publications devoted to challenging socialism. Haskins has frequently uh, contributed to foxnews.com. He works as a contributor for The Hill, Newsweek, and Town Hall. And he's appeared on television and radio more than 300 times with shows like Tucker Carlson Tonight, Fox and Friends, and the Glenn Beck Program. In fact, he's the author with Glenn Beck of The Great Reset, and now it's New York Times bestselling companion, Dark Future. Welcome, Justin, to the Economic War Room. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We're now part of the uh, history of Justin Haskins here being on the show. I've never been on before, so this is all very exciting. <laughs> well, we're thrilled to have you. And this book, well, first, uh, The Great Reset was a true eye-opener. It brought most of America that had no idea what was going on into the light so that they could start to see it. And now The Companion, which is almost twice as thick, uh, dark future that you that you wrote. Why is the future dark? Uh, we do the bad, good, beautiful. It's the opposite of Clint Eastwood, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The bad. Why is the future dark? Yeah, well, I think that the main reason why the future is looking dark at this point in time is because elites and big, gigantic corporations and banks and government and central banks are all working together in concert for the for really the first time, other than the Great Reset, um, to seize control and wealth from the rest of society. Now, there's always been periods of history where parts of those things, especially in America, have been working to do that, especially government. But we've never seen the kind of coordination that we're seeing now. And the plan isn't just how do we seize control and power over society today, uh, as conservatives and pro-liberty people, we talk about that a lot, but it's about how are we how are they going to seize control and power and wealth and property in the future as well, using emerging technologies. And that's what Dark Future is all about. It goes through and highlights all of these incredible plans, statements, academic reports, uh, government proposals, policies that have been put into place that very clearly illustrate that Davos, the Biden administration, big corporations, big banks, all of these people, BlackRock, investment management firms like BlackRock, they're all working together to design emerging technologies so that they have more power, control, and wealth over your life. From artificial intelligence to central bank digital currencies and the metaverse and everything you could possibly imagine um, is covered in this book. That's why it's so thick. Uh, we spent tons of time going over these these various reports and, and putting this in their own words, showing you with their own words what the plan is for the for the future and controlling you and your home and your family and your church. And that's why the future is looking dark right now. Yeah, and it's not a, a brand new plan. I mean, the plan has been around for a long time. You start your book and you quote Eisenhower about the military-industrial complex. And uh, I think in Great Reset, you may have quoted uh, Cleon Skousen and the Naked Communists, the 45 goals of the Communist Party and so forth. That's been around for a long time. But now they have the technological capability to actually enforce it, something that's never existed before in history. You know, we, we read in the book of Revelation about, you know, the ability for a, a, a antichrist to control what we buy and sell, but now that technology exists and it exists in a virtual world that can control everyone anywhere on the planet. 
Yeah, one of the things that I, I love to tell people is that, you know, authoritarians used to have to mass murder people to control them. Like that was that was the tell to I mean, every authoritarian regime that has that has ever existed at some point in time, if they are not stopped by the people, they eventually turn to start mass murdering people. They start imprisoning people. They start uh, hardcore crackdowns. And the reason for that is not because those authoritarian regimes in the past are somehow worse than the authoritarians that we see today morally. They're they're really not. The difference is they had they felt like they had to. That was the only way to control people. It was the only way to silence people. It was the only way to centralize power and control um, in in these communist nations and things like that. But today, technology allows governments, it allows corporations, it allows banks to all work together in a sort of non-bloody uh, authoritarian regime. Like that's that's essentially what's occurring is we have a, a, a non-bloody authoritarian oligarchy that has formed in the Western world where they have seized massive amounts of control and property and wealth and they're going to seize more of it in the future and they can do it without firing shots. I mean, they can do that, but they don't have to anymore. And technology is what makes that possible. A lot of people don't even realize that they're the victims of it until it comes knocking on their door in a really authoritarian, in-your-face sort of way. Sort of but, like uh, you, you can't have, keep your job unless you take this vaccine. Without a doubt. That's yeah, economic warfare, doubt. isn't it? It's it, it all of this is economic warfare, but the scary part is they don't have to mass murder, but they could mandate. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying to get into conspiracy theory on the existing mRNA vaccine or whatever, but isn't it possible that they could create a vaccine that they required you to take? You were not allowed to question it and it would cause you to terminate your cells to die at age 30 or something. That technology is almost here. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, at this point in time, the only thing preventing the United States government from going full-blown authoritarian is essentially one or two votes on the Supreme Court. Like, that's pretty much it. I mean, if the Supreme Court was slightly different, I can't even imagine what the COVID lockdowns would have looked. It would have been infinitely worse than what we saw. And that is a terrifying, terrifying thought that that's really the only thing preventing our government from going that far. I, I truly believe that if the Biden administration could they would silence all of their dissenters tomorrow. They absolutely would do that. And technology would give them the ability to do it. Well, and you've got, you know, you mentioned this one or two votes on the Supreme Court. And I remember the Pelican brief, not just the movie. I saw the movie uh, with Julia Robertson and um, Denzel Washington, but I read the book first. And the idea is if something is in your way, you remove the obstacle. And that's a frightening prospect. So I pray regularly for our Supreme Court justices and their health. When Justice Scalia died, it was a shock, but it opened the door for a union decision that was unfair. Actually, it prevented a union decision that was unfavorable to the unions. It came along later. So you make a great point. We've got the Great Reset. We've got ESG and the Wall Street Mafia, where they control using our money to fund their evil. Cancel culture, scary tech, central bank digital currency, vaccines, and even food control. These are all a part of the dark future, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, without, without, without a doubt. And it's all laid out in their own words in the book. You can see for themselves, the plan is very, very clear. Uh, elites are all working together. It isn't some crazy conspiracy theory with no support behind it. 
There is a mountain of evidence showing that in the future, you will own nothing, you will have no privacy, and you will not like it, but they'll say that you'll like it. And, and that's, that's where we're headed if we don't turn the ship around soon. No question about it. Big data allows this. And the World Health Organization, it becomes an enforcement mechanism, especially if the Bidens cave to it. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about potential solutions. We're speaking with Justin Haskins from the Heartland Institute, and he's the co-author with Glenn Beck of both The Great Reset and Dark Future. And we've seen the problems. You all know the problems. If you've been watching the Blaze television, you understand that these are, are very real. Actually, just turn on the headlines and you can see the problems about elites attempting to take control. That was the subject of my book, According to Plan. Right now, we're facing a real serious problem. However, this is not a book to depress you. It wakes you up and then it gives you solutions. Dark Future talks about the weaknesses that the elites have. Sure, they own big tech. Sure, they control a lot of the money and a lot of the government. But they have some weaknesses we can take advantage of, like hypocrisy, the big lies. They're losing minorities. They're losing the youth. And people still value liberty. Give us, Justin, some hope. What can we look for? Yeah, I think that in a lot of ways, the, um, the the sort of technology of the future, really even the technology of the present, has made conversations like the one you and I are having possible. And that actually gives me a tremendous amount of hope. It's so incredible because people, a lot of people hear sort of the dire things that I talk about uh, with Glenn in the book and elsewhere. And they think, oh my gosh, like, how are we ever going to survive this? It's like, look, you wouldn't have even known about this had this happened with the media landscape that existed 30 years ago. Like it wouldn't have even been a possibility for you because everyone who controlled the media back then would have been involved in this kind of thing today that we're seeing. The internet networks like the Blaze TV and others are allowing people to have access to this information. And that is the biggest thing that you could possibly do is sharing this information with other people. If regular folks find out about this, there is no way that this is going to go forward in the United States of America. The average American does not want to be controlled. They do not want to be spied upon. They don't want smart cities with sensors and with cameras everywhere. They don't want every part of their lives being tracked by some big corporation or big government agency. They don't want this. The only way this happens is if people remain in the dark. They don't want social credit scores. They don't want central bank digital currencies if they really know what that is but they just don't know about this stuff. So learning about it and telling people about it is the most important thing that we can do at this point in time. And I really do believe that that will go a long way to stopping it. Well, it's already making an impact. The minority communities reject this outright. They don't want a group of mostly white uh, elite male oppressors controlling every aspect of their lives. Wait, whoa, what is that? So minorities are waking up. Uh, young people are waking up. Wait a minute, you, what, what do you mean PayPal is going to take money out of my account because I said the wrong thing on the end? And the natural inclination of young people to be a little bit rebellious is actually beneficial here. We need people to seek out and search for liberty. And so with that, we've got to break the ESG and we're seeing that the work that you're doing is causing states to reject ESG. Talk about that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's really incredible. When when the Great Reset book came out um, in early 2022, there really was very little movement at the state level on, on the questions related to ESG. ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance Metrics, is a social credit scoring system that's being used by elites to completely transform emerging technologies, which is what we talk about in Dark Future, and just virtually all of society through corporations and banks. They're using social credit scores to make corporations and banks transform society. And what we've seen since early 2022 is lawmakers in something like 25 or so states wake up, start proposing laws that either push back against ESG, discouraging it at the at, within the government or stopping governments from using it or uh, discouraging banks and financial institutions from using it through a variety of different incentives. And in some places like in Florida, they've outright banned banks and financial institutions from using these social credit scores against people and businesses. And, and I think more states are going to start doing that when they start realizing the benefits of that track. So nobody had even heard of it for the most part, uh, very few people back in 2021. And now we've got states proposing laws all over the country to try to stop it, including some blue states that actually you saw lawmakers wake up to this as well. So I really do believe that People are going to continue to push back against ESG, social credit scores, the transformation of this technology, and that we're going to end up being a freer society than the trajectory that we're on right now. I really do think that that's the path we're on, but it just it just is not – it requires people to wake up now. We don't have any more time. If, if people don't wake up now, we will be completely screwed. There's no doubt about that. I just and have faith diligence. that people will do that. People can't give up immediately. Oh, we won that battle. I mean, Glenn's podcast on Apple was taken down, boom, like that. And who knows what the reason was. There's always an excuse. It's a glitch or whatever. But we're pushing back. And I'm speaking to the State Financial Officers Foundation. The purpose of Economic War Room is to push back. In fact, we don't just say no ESG. We need an alternative. And we stand for liberty, security, and values, LSV. And when we do polls, people say, I don't want ESG. They didn't know what it was two years ago. Now they know. And I do want liberty, security, and values. I want to have a good environment to raise my kids in. And this is across the board, Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals. They all, you know, I had a great conversation with Naomi Wolf. And she says, I want liberty, security, and values. I don't want ESG. So you're making a huge difference. And we're seeing individual faith experiences like the Jesus Revolution come out and then sound of freedom to where people are waking up. So you're right. The way to get this out is to transmit information and to give alternatives to people. Yeah, I think that's 100% true. And and the, the sort of innovative solutions that we're seeing at the state level too, I mean, politicians back when I was uh, a younger person in college and in high school and so the Republican party in particular was, I mean, not, I'm not saying that they're perfect today. They're far from perfect today, but they were a total train wreck back then. It was all run by establishment politicians. This is pre tea party era. You know, the, the, we would never have seen the kinds of reforms that we've seen in the past few years come out. And I think the most innovative solutions, the most freedom-enhancing policy solutions are still yet to come. I think within the next five years or so, we are going to see remarkable changes at the state level, especially, and hopefully at the federal level, pushing back on all kinds of things. And of course, you're heavily involved in a lot of that stuff with the currency um, and, and the state pushback against central bank digital currencies and things. I'm sure we're going to talk about that, but it's just... Um, it, it really is exciting. And I, I, I don't want people to lose hope just because 
Davos and the Biden administration and others are working so hard to take their freedom away. They've been working hard to take your freedom away for a long time. We're just finally now waking up to it and have the ability to push back against it in a way that we never saw before. Yeah, it's like the founders in 1776. The British authorities were the most powerful nation on earth, and yet the founders stood up. And state-based, uh, this is pirate money. This book is out. You wrote a nice note for, for the book. Thirteen states have already contacted me and saying, we want Article One, Section 10 currency based on gold and silver that's electronically transferable, which would be the alternative to central bank digital currency. It's not enough to tell them this is bad. We need to show them another path. And that's why the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are so important to work together. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more solutions with Justin Haskins. We're talking with Justin Haskins, and I have a question for you. Justin, have you seen the movie Logan's Run? I know it's cheesy. It's a 1970s production. It's dystopian. Well, let me tell you. It is about a movie where society is run by a big overarching intelligence, and everybody's going to regenerate at age 30 uh, so that at age 30 you kind of die out and then you're reborn. That's the claim. So there's no family, they kill useless older people, they control every aspect, and then they have a people that chase you down if you try and escape the system. Cheesy, I watched it, Farrah Fawcett was in it, I thought that was really super cool, and Peter Yusinov played an old guy sitting outside of the utopian society, and when they broke out, they'd never seen an old person before, and they'd never seen the sun before, or grass, or, or, or real food. They all had fake food and everything else. Anyway, that's what I'm reminded of when I read Dark Future. It is the contrast between real life and life controlled by technocrats who literally want to kill a good portion of the po- population. And really, it's only for young people and elites. That's, that's why yeah. oh, it could be Hunger Games. But all of those things, this is where we're headed, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is really shocking, some of the things that are being talked about. I'll give you a really good example of this. I mean, everybody knows, I think just about everybody knows now with ChatGPT and other programs kind of making headlines, that artificial intelligence is on track to uh, become a massive part of our economy and society. It's going to disrupt the job market in ways that we've never seen before. It's going to take over whole industries. And and that's not to say those people won't find jobs doing other things. They probably will in a lot of cases, but it is going to transform our economy. Everybody knows this, including the Biden administration and Davos elites. And they are very, very open about what they want AI to look like. They are designing artificial intelligence. And by they, I mean um, uh, big financial firms are putting pressure on the corporations that are actually producing the new technology. The Biden administration has talked about this through its AI Bill of Rights. They are designing artificial intelligence so that it will give them the answers that they want in the future. So that when they put AI in charge of, say, lending decisions, and, and you go to get a loan for a new car or, you, or, or for your new business or you just want to buy a house or something like that, and artificial intelligence is the thing determining whether you get the loan or not, you're just going to find out either you got it or you didn't get it. And you're not going to know why AI made the decision, but the people designing AI are making sure that it's giving the decisions that they want, that it's being produced using algorithms and, and it's being fueled by data that has been, in some cases, manipulated in order to enhance the goals of elites, whether that's social justice goals, equity, racial equity, all sorts of different things, climate change. And they're very open about this. Uh, The Biden administration has said this in its AI Bill of Rights. 
Um, big institutional investment services firms have said, this is what we expect corporations to do. That's designing these technologies. Banks are now relying increasingly more on artificial intelligence. That's just one example of the ways that technology is being used and being manipulated so that elites have more power and control. And if people don't know about it, like if you had never heard that before, then a lot of people just would never know that it's going on because why would they? They don't know how AI works and they haven't been reading Davos you know, manifestos and things like that. So they just don't know. But that's the future we're in store, that, that's in store for us if we don't start making changes and pushing back today. No, no question about it. Especially even in the religion realm, you you can chat with Jesus. You're actually chatting <laughs> with a woke leftist AI controlled response, which is God telling you what to do. And that's essentially what they're trying to achieve here. But the better narrative is individual liberty. You mentioned in the book how we need to have superior narratives. Well, the founders had a superior narrative, individual liberty, the rights of individuals, the creativity, the society that they're building or wanting to build is a failed society. It never works. It always ends in mass death in one form or another from famine or whatever. And artificial intelligence isn't going to be any better. Artificial intelligence is only as good as the input given into it. So we had an, a big uh, summit out here on AI at Liberty Hawk Ranch, and we brought the top experts in, and we showed the conservative movement how you fight back and how you can use artificial intelligence not to make decisions, but to improve your decision-making. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 what we need is a, we, we don't wanna reject technology. Technology is not bad. Technology, uh, artificial intelligence and, and, and these other emerging technologies have the uh, capability to expand people's lives so that they live longer, so that people are living better, so that we're producing more products and services at lower cost. The quality of life is going to go up. There's going to be less disease. Life in many ways has the potential to be incredible in the future, but only if the technology is being designed with a with a foundation of individual rights built into it. If we don't have individual freedom built into the emerging technologies as a core value, then it will be used as an authoritarian tool to control people's lives. And that isn't speculation, like I said, and as Dark Future shows, there's over a thousand footnotes in that book that show this very, very clearly. That is the plan. It is the stated plan from people in Davos and the Biden administration. We can have more control over people's lives if we just design the technology in a way that gives us everything that we want and most people won't even realize that it's happening. We have to push back against this now and I'm and shows like this are doing that and and I think that we have a great chance of building a technology rich future where individual rights are respected but only if that technology is designed right from the very start to have those values. Otherwise, it's gonna be really, really hard to stuff the genie back in the bottle after the fact. Uh, absolutely. So we have to promote liberty, security, and values. That's why we train financial advisors at Liberty University. That's why we're aggregating capital from real patriotic Americans, individuals who wanna invest in the future, but not in a dark future, in a bright future. So if we train 10,000 financial advisors, which is our goal, we will aggregate $1 trillion of capital, which will be sufficient to create a lot of these technologies. And by the way, the technologies you mentioned, Justin, that they're not, uh, pro-leftist. In fact, when they brought them out originally, they were just based on facts and, and the, the elites were shocked. Oh no, we can't pull that back. Anyway, you've done tremendous work and I want to thank you for that. How can people follow your work? 
Right. I really appreciate that, Kevin. Uh, they can follow me on all the big social media platforms at Justin T. Haskins, including X and Twitter and all of that stuff, Facebook. Um, and they can also go to StoppingSocialism.com to find all kinds of incredible stories related to the stuff we've talked about. And of course, pick up Dark Future at Amazon.com or go to the bookstore, anywhere bookstores are sold. They've got it at libraries now across the country. So if you if you don't want to buy a copy, you want to borrow it, you can do it there. Dark Future, it is going to blow your mind. I promise you it's worth it's worth the, worth the cost. There's no question. Thank you, Justin. And if you want to download information on this episode, you'll get it in a free economic battle plan. It comes with every episode. You can get that free at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.